You are listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. I'm Vicki Baird, your intuitive life and development coach. VickiBaird.com, it's time to be your best. It's time to reconnect with your first sense. Trust in your gut, it's the real thing. Let's see what your future brings. Time to let the fun commence. Intuition, your first sense. Welcome back to Intuition, Your First Sense. Thanks for joining me again. Last episode, we talked about things that go bump. And there was a gentleman who popped in in the moment and uh, into our studio and was sitting on the couch. And I thought I'd follow up with maybe a little description and just a little bit about how that got perceived. So as I'm sitting here, what happens is I feel a change in the atmospheric pressure. And then when that happens, it for me, it feels like a magnet. Like there's some, I have a magnet in me and there's a magnet in that energy and it pulls me to it. And a lot of the times I can put it away and not pay attention to it. But when I'm open and a lot of doing this podcast is stream of consciousness. So I'm wide open when I'm doing this. So the pull was strong. And then there are two people in the studio who both looked at exactly the same time to exactly the same spot that it was happening. And I'm like, I just can't pass this by. So the uh, way that that comes through is when I'm feeling that, then I have learned to ask for a picture. It didn't always work that way. So that's something that you could do too is ask that a picture be, you know, in your third eye. And remember that that's going to look a little bit like a memory to you. It's going to come up, uh, come around like if you think of your living room right now. It's going to look like that inside your head. So it's not always in front, 3D kind of looking thing like the movies portray. So he's uh, a lovely guy. He's probably about five foot tall. And my feeling is that he more, he kind of owns the building. So even though he's not physically here and paying taxes, he feels so connected to the land and the building that he pops in for quite a few visits. And he feels very comfortable here. And his idea is, I think he was drawn in by the frequency, by the vibration my feeling is that he was probably a um, like a caretaker or someone who was very fastidious about how the building was being taken care of and how it was presented to the public. So he's really enjoying the fact that there's life here and that there's fun. And in the studio, there's so many great stories being read and books being recorded and people expanding their lives through podcasting that he wants to be part of it. There's a Ed, Fred, Ned. Names are not my my forte normally, but there's a really strong presence there. So all of these things, they may not be relative to what's going on in your life, but this is 
why they pop in. It's that frequency thing, right? It's that they feel or see lights and the lights just came on in the office. <laughs> this is the best thing ever. Thanks, Ed, Fred, and Ed. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> this is really fantastic because Allison is my engineer today. So she's sitting across from me with like, what the hell just happened? So thanks, Ed, Fred, and Ed. Um, so this is the fun part and what can happen because when you're pure positive energy, that affects electricity, right? So that's why your lights might flicker. You need to get up and check the light bulb, people. It's not always spirit activity. Or you may need to call an, an electrician. But however, in this case, <laughs> it's very clear because there's no timer, I assume. It's never come on before when I was here, so... <laughs> Thank you, Ed Fred Ned. Um, he's going to have three names now because I don't know which one it is. So this process is to bring levity, right? This is to so that we lighten up about being human. And um, <laughs> it can absolutely be presented to you as something that's fearful. But again, I have never met. I've met annoying spirits. But I have never met a spirit who was malevolent um, or who didn't want to simply get a message across. They can be annoying um, when I'm out in public and they want me to get a message to the person standing right there. I'm not going to do that. It's not happening. That's rude. Uh, what I say to them is, okay, get them to my office. You get them to my office and there's a message, I will be happy to to relay, relay that. Plenty of other great mediums out there. If you'd like to go see them too, get them to whatever office that is. So <laughs> the uh, process of learning to tap into all of this and really being appreciative of your intuitive sense is to bring that fun to being human because there's enough challenges with, you know, grocery shopping and cleaning the cab box and paying taxes and all that kind of stuff. This should be the playful stuff. And they are traditionally very silly. Um, so if there's um, uh, coins that you find after you've made the bed and then there's a coin right there if you vacuumed and there's one there, look at the dates on it. There really are messages that get conveyed. Uh, the funny... Um, bumper sticker in front of you and you were just thinking about someone that that correlates to, uh, don't make big stretches, but be available to the information. <laughs> so this could also lead to what I wanted to talk about today, which are the blocks to intuition. Because if you have been taught that this is something to fear, that this is something that's not in your best interest to tap into, then that will absolutely block any ability to connect with your intuitive sense because survival is human. Ego, survival, being here and, and making it to the next moment is hardwired in us. So that's going to take precedence over let me tap into that energy field <laughs> because that might not be necessary for you to get through your day. It is necessary for me to get through my day, but maybe not in most of your, your waking time. So there could be programming from your past, from teachers, 
from religion, from parents, from society in general, uh, that this is not safe or it's woo-woo. I do follow the premise that we are in charge of where we connect. So I firmly believe that one of the reasons I have not run into anything that was malevolent is because I keep my vibration high. I keep it directed towards truth in humanity, but also towards the belief in humanity and that there is good in everyone. And, and no one's going to change my <laughs> view on that. It may be buried so stinking deep that we can't see it, but there, everybody comes in with an inherent goodness. And um, so if there's some fears around this, they're valid. They were given to you and probably not created by you. Face them. Look at them. Um, some of the blocks other than fear may be that you're afraid of who you may become if you embrace your wonderful attributes. Um, you, maybe you're concerned that if you have this uh, connection with yourself that you may have to take inventory of those around you. And I'm going to say straight up, yes, you will have to do that. Because the more you get to know yourself and the more you connect to your first sense and your intuitive self, it shifts your vibration, it raises your frequency, and because everything is based on energy in our universe and frequency, you may find it more and more difficult to be around those that have low frequencies. Um, I can do it for a short period of time because I do believe that everybody has that inherent goodness in them. But I'm talking an hour and then I got to beat feet because it just drags me down and it makes me feel like I'm in the water with six layers of clothing on and one of them is a wool coat <laughs> and I'm just going down. So there's you can visit, you know, it's nice to visit, but don't live there. Once you start raising that frequency, the beauty of it is to people come into your lives who are already resonating there and maybe a little higher and maybe they're going to help you elevate too. I firmly believe don't be the smartest person in the room. Don't be the most intuitive. Like don't be the most creative. Like find those rooms where there's somebody just a little bit higher so that you can keep striving. So if there is that concern within you that, you know, others may not like it or that you think you're going to be walking around with a fat head and all that and a bag of chips kind of thing. If you're truly connecting with the true you, I don't think that happens. Um, I think we know when we get too big for our bridges and then we can dial it back because that authenticity is going to be there. And also, you know, that soul self that goes, excuse me, um, where are your manners? With anything, those manners are important. Interacting with people, listening to your intuition, um, developing your whole self, and expanding as a human being. Taking into consideration how others feel about it. Maybe you don't share with the people who are going to negate or who are going to think that you've lost your marbles or that you're woo-woo. Like, you just hold back on that. Like I've said before, we do not have to post everything on social media. It's okay to have your own 
learning and desire and all that kind of stuff and feel out what it means to you. Um, part of those manners is also not dumping everything you believe on someone else. Respect where they are and understand that maybe they have other fears that are in the way or maybe they just don't want to hear you. It's all good. It's fine. So one of the other blocks to intuition is actually what are you putting in your body? The, nutritionally, that can block uh, what's happening because things are frequency and foods have frequency and junk food has frequency and smoking, drinking, any of the other partaking has frequency. So being mindful of what you put in your body and everybody's different. So I would never say to someone, you have to live this lifestyle, eat this or whatever to be intuitive. No, I have met people that chug the coffee, smoke the cigarettes, and they were stinking amazing. They stunk, but they were stinking amazing. <laughs> and then there are others that really need to have, you know, the organic food, live vegetarian, not do any stimulants, because that's their wiring. I personally have one cup of coffee a day, and that's my limit. Unless I'm not seeing people, and then there might be a second cup of coffee in there. But the level of caffeine affects my antenna. So I have to be mindful of where else does it come in. Thankfully, I'm not much of a chocolate fan, so that helps. But, you know, where else might that be hidden in something? Because if I'm too jumpy, I have a really hard time connecting with my movie screen. So think about your own life. And yes, of course, cleaning it up is great, but you have to listen to your own body. And there are some people that could never be vegetarians because they need the grounding of meat in order to be still be on this planet. So be mindful of it. Is it grass-fed? Are they humanely treated? You know, all of this stuff that you take into consideration, don't make it another full-time job. Just recognize that if you don't have enough water in you, you are not a good conductor of energy, plain and simple. So everybody walking around dehydrated out there, if you can't tap into your intuitive sense, chug some water. I happen to live on seltzer. <laughs> so <laughs> the bubbles, the more bubbles, the better. Uh, so that the another thing is the sleep deprivation. We're so willing to forego sleep to get one more thing done. And that doesn't make us more effective. It just makes us cranky butts. So recognizing what, again, what's your level of sleep? I'm a seven-hour girl. I get less than seven for a couple days in a row, and you do not want to know me. Well, you probably won't know me because I'm going home and I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> but that level and the quality of sleep, wear the blue light glasses, um, so starting at seven o'clock at night, you should have blue light glasses on because they block all of that interference that's coming from our TVs, our pads, our phones, our electronics to our brain that's interrupting the melatonin production. And then you don't get into a great sleep. You probably wake up a couple hours later wondering why aren't I sleeping? Well, block those blue light uh, messages. And the same thing, water, although that can be tricky because you might have to get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, but you still need that for a good movement of your blood and to keep everything going because we soul travel when we sleep. So if you're not giving your body the time to power down, 
your soul isn't getting that uninterrupted playtime and going out and doing what it needs to learn while you're unconscious. And that is something that I, again, I'm very protective of. And I've even said over the years, a couple times a week before I go to sleep, I will say, um, to whom it may concern, I'm staying in my body tonight. I am not traveling. I'm going to remain here in the physical because I need a true reboot of this physical body. It's not going to stall your soul growth. You're not going to go spirit dumb overnight. What it will do is it will, <laughs> my daughter said one time when I suggested, suggested she do it, she said, man, I feel like I slept 12 days when I woke up. I just felt so revived. And it, it gives you a really natural um, reentry to the world because you've powered down. But if you never go to sleep or if you're getting four or five hours of sleep, I know there's some productivity people out there that suggest that, but I just don't think it's good for your physical self, and it's definitely not good for your soul traveling. And dreams give us so much information about where we are in our lives and what we would like to enhance. Uh, why would you want to limit that? Um, and a weighted blanket, that thing is amazing. So if you haven't invested that in a good eye mask, if you need to know what ones are, text me, email me, contact me on social media. I will give you the links and it just makes a big difference. So, and without that proper hydration and sleep and remembering that we are physical, so we need to take care of this vessel that we're in, you can have an, or develop a, a great sense of a lack of self-worth because you just don't have the literal energy it takes to work your world. And then you might make mistakes because you're tired um, or because you haven't given yourself the meditative space or the uh, ability to hear that voice. If you never stop, you're not going to be here. You're not going to be able to hear it. It's just not going to happen. So the constant chatter in your head about what you're not doing well will get in the way of developing your intuition because you need to support that this is something you're learning and this is exciting and it's never going to be 100% accurate. It, it can't be. There's too many variables. So relax around that as well. Um, sometimes I'll meet someone who doubts their own abilities and they'll say, oh, no, that's not me. Oh, I just got lucky. Oh, I read that somewhere um, somebody must have told me that. How could I know it ahead of time? And when I suggest that they might be a teensy bit intuitive, they hand it back to me like I've just given them the ugliest sweater on the planet and they're not going to wear it. So um, this is where manners come in too. Take that ugly sweater. Say thank you. Be appreciative. Um, but deflecting your own abilities minimizes who you are. And it also, I think, teaches other people to think less of us. So if you don't feel like you can fully spread those arms out, like on Sound of Music and embrace all of it, then simply say thank you if someone acknowledges or if you get a hit from spirit, say thank you. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that right now, but appreciate you dropping in. So doubt is 
can be pervasive. It can really get into your life and make a big impact on every area. And I think if we are willing to look at something honestly, we can say, well, I might not be great at that. I'm learning. I am practicing. I'm enhancing. I will get those side pl- side planks down. You know, I if you keep that consistency up and the dedication to yourself, eventually that doubt voice gets smaller. The subconscious can support us. It doesn't have to be there to knock us down and to remind us of times when people were kind enough to share that we didn't do the greatest job. Um, it, it can absolutely be there in a way to say, oh, but remember when you gave that presentation and everybody thought it was hysterical and then they said they learned something. So it was more than funny. It was informative. Remember that? So that then becomes part of your subconscious supporting self. And you do have to go in and get those things. I mean, until you pay attention to what's running around in your subconscious, your conscious mind can't be in charge. We have to look at it, shine the flashlight on it, say, I see you there, you cute little bugger, come out of hiding, and then decide how to deal with it. And then over time, the, you're, you live from a conscious place, and then that little critic voice isn't as loud any longer. And then I think it's more effective because when it does speak up, you're hitting some pretty good stuff. Um, So one of the uh, ways you can support yourself in this is by listening, being willing to listen and recognizing you don't have to do a darn thing about it when you hear it come in. If you hear something from your subconscious and you think it's not being supportive, thank it put it on a shelf, acknowledge it that it's there, and maybe you'll deal with it when you go on a walk this weekend or something. You don't have to fall into the abyss of I suck. You can absolutely acknowledge it and then move on from there. So why don't we move on to a break? And you can you know, visit the potty or do whatever it is you need to do. Get some water. You have not had enough water today. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because of Anchor. Anchor is an app that literally makes this podcasting experience so easy. It's free and there is a creation tool right inside the app and it'll send it out to all the platforms for you. It has made this process seamless And something that actually helped me to really be excited about getting all the shows out to you because it didn't take a whole new degree in technology. So feel free to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your own podcast and let me know what it is so I can listen to it. Welcome back. I hope you got some water. Bubbles? or no bubbles. However you want to drink it. Lemon, no lemon. Ice, straight up. However it goes for you. Free will there too, babe. So the blocks to intuition, it might not be a lot of fun just to bring them up and leave you hanging. So I thought what I'd talk about is how do we clear these? How do we help them move out of the 
frontal lobe <laughs> and out of the doubtful place and into the space of support and or maybe in process. They might they can't move direct to support. I think that's too big of a jump and it gives you a little bit of emotional whiplash if you slide too fast. So one of the ways that I acknowledge the blocks that as soon as I feel a block coming up in me or a sense of resistance, if you're feeling resistance doing something, sometimes you don't have enough information. Um, sometimes you don't have a good plan. But a lot of the times it's because you're bumping into that um, that so-called block. I think it's a stallings place or a, a landing spot, a place where you, we can ask for more clarification. It's not necessarily a block unless you sit behind it and just stare at the wall. And then, yeah, then it's a block. So first acknowledging what's there. Um, you're not broken or defective. Uh, they come up because you're ready to grow. So when you're bumping into something that you feel is not all that great within yourself, it's because you're ready to release it. It's because you're ready to move beyond whatever that excuse, whatever that limitation or limiting belief system is. And you're ready to say, okay, what's the next little step? We don't, again, don't have to make long jumps, take those short little ones. Some of us don't have long legs. We have to take short little steps. So whatever is speaking to you, there's this missed, misinformation in what we hear in self-help and new age and all of that uh, language and information lately that if you pay attention to something that's going on within you, you're going to create it. And I just need to call that bunk because if you don't pay attention to it, you are going to create it until it smacks you in the head. And it will. And it'll be an egg like on the, your head that you have never seen before. And it might show up in you just keep meeting the same people over and over again that keep taking advantage of you or you keep getting the same supervisor, or why can I not buy a car that actually runs? You know, things like this will keep happening. It is true what you pay attention to, you get more of. However, if you don't stop and look at what's out of alignment with you, or what feels like a block, you won't be able to dissipate it. And you won't be able to break it up like, remember asteroids, where you just blow it into little pieces? And then much more manageable for whatever messages might be, be flying through for you. So first acknowledge, I have sat down and I have written a list of everything that I think stinks about me. Everything that I think doesn't measure up, whether it's in my eyes, somebody else's eyes, uh, I don't go to who said it or where I got it. I just go, well, it's in me. I have to take responsibility for asking that thing to leave. So I've sat down and done a whole list and at the end of it said, okay, here we go. I now have a plan. <laughs> I can look at these things and go through the second pass will be, do I really believe that? You know, Or is that something that I put on there because I might be sitting in a poor me space? 
And once I acknowledge that and I have a good chuckle about that because we all have a drama queen or king inside us. We all do. And they will bring up stuff that want because that's part of the subconscious and part of the ego's job is to keep us small. It doesn't want to. It's just afraid. It's scared little bugger. So once we look at it and acknowledge it and you <laughs> kind of blow holes in it, you can have some humor and say, I don't really believe that about myself, but I'm going to keep it in there because I must need some level of acceptance around it. So once that's there, you're no longer afraid of what's floating through your head. And I think people get distracted and they bounce off in 42 different directions because they're afraid to look at what is really there. And a lot of the times that's why people come to me because I don't edit what I see. I deliver it kindly, sometimes very directly, but I don't edit. And I believe that everybody has their knowledge within them. They know what to do. They just don't know where they put it. <laughs> so sometimes there's an extraction that's necessary. Sometimes it looks like an exorcism, but it's sometimes there's an extraction. And then I hold a reflection of who they truly are. And then we can, we can work towards them feeling that and them seeing their, their true essence and really embodying it, like really living in that space. It takes some dancing. It takes some practice. It takes some repatterning. Um, and it definitely takes some work on the person being willing to do it and to see their greatness. Because I think more people are afraid of their success than they are of their failure. And that success thing can be tricky. Um, but I think once we're in a place of looking at what we may perceive as being so awful about us, it kind of blows up all the excuses because then you can say, well, I acknowledge that and I'll do something about it or I acknowledge that and I choose to release that. Um, and again, you can do these through repatterning. A lot of the times when we bump into something in a session, I go into repatterning because the neural pathways that have been created in your brain are going to loop on all of those old belief systems until you move them, until you actually get the physiological body involved. And that's through statements and breathing and tapping works well, EMDR works well. Uh, the method in which you get there is what's important to you and what works effective for you but I really want to emphasize that the, you don't have to live with those blocks the rest of your life unless you want to. And if you're sitting in a choice place of being ridiculously miserable for your entire life, <clears throat> former mother-in-law, um, she won't listen to this, so it's fine. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> trust me, she will not listen to this. So that, but sometimes people make a choice of staying in that miserable place. And I think we honor them by letting them stay there. You know, we don't have to change their minds either. So you have a choice within you of if you want to be a prisoner of those looping thoughts that were introduced in your childhood or in your early adulthood when the brain was still forming, still trying to fire and come online. It doesn't stop when we're 25. Yes, that's the place where it really gets a groove, 
but it doesn't stop. It, it's malleable. We can move these things. And I think that one of the best things you can do is find a coach, a teacher, a therapist, a supportive community, that supportive being the operative word there, not people who want to sit in their poo with them. You know, they want somebody to come into their story with them, but somebody who, who will be honest with you. Um, I love that my friends will say, that's really creative, Vic, where you're going with that. I love that they'll reflect that back to me because they're not going to allow me to get away with being less than they know I want to be. And that's important. you got to be brave to have those kind of friendships, but um, it's important. So that's one way to clear the blocks. This doesn't have to be like we're chopping up, you know, massive rocks all the time. It happens in your day-to-day acknowledgement of, oh, I just talked to myself very rudely. Let me pause and rephrase what I just said in an acknowledgement way that, yeah, there are dishes in my sink right now. Oh, well, what are you going to do? I'll I'll get them when I get home. Um, But I could beat myself up for that or I could realize, eh, It's a couple dishes. It's fine. I ate a good salad for lunch. That's what's there. So it's being able to talk to yourself in a way that builds those neural pathways to strengthen that will help your first sense develop. Uh, However you practice meditation, your way. I have taught meditative classes where I am the one after 10 minutes that's like, do, 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 do. <laughs> when are we leaving? Are we done? Can we go? Because I am a moving meditator. I am someone that needs to have her body moving in order to tap in. Now, I can get there for 10 minutes, very deep, seated, but you get 10 minutes and that's it. I got to go. Um, I can be in the middle of spin class and zoned right out and be like, whoa, <laughs> and come out of it and just had the best five-minute meditation ever, hoping my legs are still moving, um, or a run or a walk in the woods. Uh, some people do it while knitting uh, or listening to music, staring off into space. If you've ever stared off out the window into space, you meditated. So take the pressure off of yourself that it has to be in lotus position with your fingers in a mudra with an om happening every 20 seconds. It doesn't. The brain doesn't care how you get there. The brain needs meditation. Your heart needs meditation. Your nervous system, your adrenals, they all need meditation, but call it whatever you want calming, centering, grounding, returning to self, planting a garden, um, you know, cooking. A lot of people can get in a meditative space while cooking. I can't even cook when I'm not in a meditative space, so we're not going to try that. But the bottom line is if you give yourself permission to be you, the pressure that's been placed within you, mostly in that third chakra, in your solar plexus that's right above your belly button below your heart center that pressure will ease and you will find more of a a joy within yourself and then it's it's likely that you will bump into these blocks less often and then you'll be able to be in appreciation of who you are 
as a human. And we're here to learn. I mean, that's the pro- that's the whole thing about being a soul physical. We are here to constantly learn. You're always going to be presented with messages, lessons. I don't believe we're tested. I think that's bunk. But we are here to learn. So ask yourself, what am I meant to learn by this? Rather than being judgmental that you didn't know something, ask, what could I learn from this? Is there anything I could possibly learn? I have come to the place sometimes where what I'm meant to learn is to walk away from someone. What I'm meant to learn is, okay, Vic, dancing is not your thing. Let's try something else because <laughs> it's not safe to the other people on the floor because my right and my left get confused. So <laughs> it's all right. I have other skills. So however you become aware of these messages floating through, just paying attention, that's the secret. So the next place that you could possibly learn to clear blocks are read books. Um, learn from podcasts, listen to classes, go listen to a lecture. And it doesn't always have to be spiritual. Please be open to the message when you're going to watch a sci-fi movie or going to watch a kid's movie. A lot of the kid's movies coming out now have brilliant messages in them. And if you're just willing to be present, one of the best ones is Inside Out. It came out a few years ago. That is brilliant because we do have all those characters in our head. Sadness was my favorite. I even have a little model of her. I just love her in her little blue sweater Um, because your sadness has a voice too. So if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to blow it for you. Go rent that movie. Um, do Give yourself a gift. And anger is hysterical. Like he's like, I thought he was a riot too. So pay attention to where... The, the messages can come in. A lot of the times I'll have an insight to myself because somebody has emailed me something and they're just responding to something I've asked. Uh, and I'll be like, well, son of a gun. <laughs> okay, this just dropped in an awareness about myself. I wasn't looking for it, but because my door is always open for that, it, it happens. And Or you could be standing in the line at the grocery store and you hear the conversation going on in front of you, you're not part of it. Pay attention because spirit really does deliver messages outside of us that are for us. So, and it's also good to pay attention. (laughs) So, and that ability to feel the frequency shift, but, and be aware that there's something in this for me, Oh, it's just so sweet. Sometimes I'll be there and I'll be chuckling to myself because what they just said in front of me was, you know, something that I was arguing within myself about. Because you know how people like to share their whole life with the cashier? Uh, there's a lot of information that can be gleaned in these public situations if you just pay attention. <laughs> um, I always feel protective of the cashier then. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put them in white light so that they have a little bit of buffer. Maybe they don't know about that because um, this could be a very long day if all these people, all these psychic vampires are going through saying, um, let me share my life with you and take some of your energy so I feel better and you're now drained. Any of you working with the public? Hello, that's all of us. Um, take into, take that into consideration that you may have walked in someplace, felt you know, pretty peppy in yourself and walked out 
Well, you there was a withdrawal in aisle six because somebody was depleted and they knew how to tap into energy. A lot of the times this is very unconscious. People aren't doing it. They've simply become practiced in taking other people's energies. And once you become aware of that, I try to take the humor side of nice try, really good try there, but no thank you. I'm not depositing into you today. And just give a little bit of energy pushback because you deserve to be in, in public and not donating to those that you haven't agreed to donate to. So learning however you can learn. I've learned so much about my expansiveness as a soul through physical exercise. I have bumped into myself more times in a workout than I ever would in a meditation. Because when the doubt comes up of, can I hold this plank? Can I flip this tire? I am not going to survive this class. I simply say, well, you've survived others. So it's likely that you'll survive this. And if you pass out, you'll come too, you know, once your heart rate slows down. So you'll be okay. But you bump into your own spiritual limitations when you're moving your butt. So challenge yourself. Please don't pay attention to what other people are doing in the class or the race or whatever. They're trying to survive too. So if you think other people are looking at you and judging you, when they're doing their jumping jacks, you think too much of yourself. So dial it back, like they say in yoga, bring it back to your mat and pay attention to what's going on within you. And maybe you're judging them a little bit and that's a good place to practice that they deserve to be in this space without your energy infringing because it's not always other people. We do it too because, you know, we're people. So paying attention to how you're pulling will, um, without judgment, see that it's there, acknowledge it, stop it, and then, you know, go distract yourself with something else. Volunteer. You know that expression that when you're feeling crappy about yourself or you're doubting yourself, do something for someone else? It is so true. However, if you're doing it for someone else and you're posting on social media and you're looking to others to acknowledge that you're so great because you're doing it for someone else, you are not doing it authentically. You are not doing it lined up. You're doing it for the pat on the back. This will still be a block to your intuition. That will be ego in charge. You can celebrate that you're part of a great group that picked, cleaned up the trail. You can absolutely promote a fundraiser that's going on. But the minute you say, I did, I did, I did, it no longer is about that event and it's all about you. So when you volunteer, um, recognize that there's an energy exchange in that. You're giving, but I promise you, you get way more than you give. One of the things that I'm trying to decide if this will out me. Um, one of the things that I like to do is if I hear somebody is, you know, maybe low on funds, but and, and I know they have animals, I will somehow find out what their animals eat. And then a bag of food will show up on their porch. And it's a little stalker-like, I admit that. Uh, but usually these are people in my circle. 
or, you know, uh, someone that pops up on Facebook. So that gives me a right, right? Uh, but this is something that I don't ever really want the the feedback from. Like, I, I want that to be of genuine. I'm going to have to change it up now, though, because I just talked about it. So now I'm going to have to come up with something new. Okay, that's my challenge for it. April. What month are we in? I will come up with something new because I have felt like, I don't know, a little fairy (laughs) or Santa or something when I'm running back to my car to get away before somebody catches me because everybody has cameras these days. Um, And like that feeling I have inside of it was all about me. Like it really was. I know I helped, but that feeling filled me up for days. And that's possible through helping another. If you're doing it in a way that you're not looking for someone to pat you on the back. And that's called an energy exchange, my friends. And there must be an energy exchange in everything that we do. And sometimes we're on the deficit end of that. And that's for us to be mindful of and to shift. So you may also clear blocks through an energy modality, acupuncture, massage, Reiki, Laho Chi, Tai Chi, um, walk with a friend, something that gets the energy sliding off of you and become aware of it moving. I love acupuncture because I just love the idea of lying there and letting the needles do the work because you drop the resistance and you can feel it shift within your body. And it's just so amazing to have your meridians come to life and uh, to feel um, invigorated again. And it's very good for your energy field too, because it charges it. So I feel like my cell phone when I lay on that bed, like charges me up. Uh, and when I get out, I feel a little acupuncture drunk, but um, it's a good thing. So these are both the side of what could be the blocks and how to clear the blocks. Because there is no way to develop your first sense, your intuition, your knowing, your development without some effort. There just isn't. There, and I think when you put the effort in, you can really be proud of yourself and you can feel good about that. Just like anything else that you've tried and you've put your heart behind, it might be, it might be heavy lifting in the beginning, but then it starts to become a lot of fun and then it becomes natural, becomes who you are. So take this and, you know, take what resonates throughout the rest, but give yourself the time and the attention to this throughout your day and then your night because you need to sleep, remember? So thank you for joining us. And the next class, and the next class, I always think of these as classes. It's so fun for me. The next episode will be about all of those realms that are available to us to connect with. VickiBear.com It's time to be your best It's time to reconnect With your first sense Trust in your gut It's the real thing Let's see what your future brings Time to let the fun commence Intuition Your first sense Thanks for listening to Intuition Your First Sense 
Remember to follow me online for all the latest news and updates at at Coach Vicki Baird on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Also at VickiBaird.com. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D.com. This podcast was recorded at Allison Larkin Presents and produced by Josh Reese. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review so we can stay connected. See you next time.